0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. So pastors Mike and Donna are out of town, they're celebrating New Year's with my dad's sister, which would be my aunt, and uh, that's why they're not here, so I am filling in for pastors Mike and Donna, and it was great seeing a lot of you on Christmas Eve, that was a great service, and um, we're just doing a little bit differently. I actually get more time today to preach, and I still won't be late. So when you're long-winded like myself, you're able to uh, maneuver things, you know, now that Pastor Mike and Donna are out of town, I get to do it, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But this is what we're doing, we just want to change it up, and uh, we're super excited about what God's doing and what He's done over the course of this year. Um, Pastor Mike, in January, February, he's going to be sharing with everybody all the progress we've made as a church you know all the things God's done all the areas we've been able to be a part of or events where we could reach people we had our first uh, ever trunk or treat here at Grace Fellowship so that was a huge success and uh, the best is yet to come so I'm gonna talk today about identity and first I'm going to pray and then we'll jump right in you guys ready Father God, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that for everything that you've done in our lives, that we're able to uh, boldly go in your presence and receive mercy and grace when we need it. Father, I thank you that people have ears to hear and hearts to receive, and I thank you that uh, my mouth is literally just speaking what you would have me say, being led by your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. So um, today we're going to be talking about identity. And the world lost its identity, and I'm going to talk from a biblical perspective. You don't come to church to talk about unchurch things. Is that correct? You know, it's not like you come to church to talk about science. You know, we might incorporate a little bit of science uh, from a biblical perspective, but our perspective as a church is always going to be a biblical perspective. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You guys ever read Genesis or the book of beginnings? Okay, we had a couple. All right, so (laughs) hashtag goals for 2022, you know. (laughs) We got to start in Genesis. No, but I'm super, super excited because in Genesis, we didn't start out lacking. Mankind always um, was, that's funny, I thought that was my phone. I have a similar, (laughs) I'm like, my phone's right here. (laughs) Um, But we didn't start out lacking. We didn't start out in a position of being uh, away from God. We started out in a position that was good. God created man. It was good. He was able to come fellowship with man. He'd walk in the cool of the day. You ever been on walks with your friends? Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, you guys, uh, we got to wake up in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just, um, we have walks with our friends. Can you imagine God Almighty coming down and walking with you? I mean, it was a good position that man was in. And man lost his identity when Adam rebelled against God. When he decided to do things his way, he rebelled against God. He lost his identity. And his identity was that he was the one that was over everything on the earth. He had authority. He's the one that named the animals. He's the one that was tending the garden. He was the one that was making sure that God's will was done. And then Adam decided. It wasn't Eve. A lot of people think it was Adam and Eve. It was 100% Adam's rebellion against God that caused mankind to lose our identity. And what happens is that from the time that we're small, all the way, usually through the rest of our lives, we constantly are looking for our identity. And I say, well, what do you mean? Well, you have to decide, am I a Democrat or am I a Republican? Am I, what your sexual orientation is, what's your favorite team, what your university is. The truth is that most people will spend the rest of their lives searching for who they are. And see, it's so sad because sometimes when we as believers, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and what happens is, is that we're still searching, and the Bible says we don't have to search. The Bible categorizes mankind in two positions. You either are dead to the things of God, or you're alive to God. You're either dead or alive. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to jump into Ephesians, and we're just going to jump right in. Ephesians chapter 1 I'm going to stop there for a second. I want to remind you guys that every one of us used to be an enemy of God. Every one of us used to have a distance from God. We were not like, uh, have you ever talked to somebody and you're talking about Jesus and they're like, oh, I'm a good person. I don't need Jesus. You need Jesus more than I need Jesus. I have. That's not the case. All of us, we've either been dead or now we're alive because of what Jesus did. And it says right here, But God, in verse 4, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves." There is nothing we can do to get saved. There's nothing we can, uh, there's no kindness we can show. There's nothing, and and I I stress this, there's nothing that we could do to give us peace with God. It was impossible. Adam blew it and he gave us his nature. It's so interesting. Uh, All my children are completely uh, similar in certain things, but they all have complete distinctions. Jack is my little monkey. He is the most, from what I'm told from my parents, because I don't remember when I was 16 months old, but he is constantly climbing up everything. Today, we're at church, we're getting ready, and Sean goes, "Uh, I don't think he's supposed to be climbing. (laughs) He's climbing up the stairs. Somebody is in there, and he's just like, all right, I'm going. At my house, not was he climbing up the stairs how we would normally climb up the stairs. He decides that he's going to stand on the outside like a ninja and hold on to the bars. And he's climbing, he goes, he goes this. He goes, uh huh. And he smiles. He knows he shouldn't be doing it. And I'm like, trying not to freak out for a second because I'm like, I don't want him to get spooked because I don't want him to fall, but I need to get over there. So I'm like, don't move. You know, and it's like this little chess game we're playing. But he's constantly has these distinct differences from his brother and sister, but it's my nature that I see coming out. And here's a little side note. Some parents, parents in here, your biggest frustration with your children is looking at yourself and your children. It's true. And realize this, that God's grace is sufficient for you to grow them up into the nature that God has for them. But back to the distinction. So Adam gave his sin nature to us. And there's a time in our life where we decide, you know what? I want to live my life. I want to do what I want to do. Everybody's been there. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand if you've done it. You've done it. You're alive. We all do it. We've all messed up. We've all sinned against God. And we're all in a position to where we need to know who Jesus is. That's the only way out of this. Are you guys getting this? Uh, For by grace you have been saved. It is the gift of God not of yourselves, um, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One thing I want to uh, talk to you guys again about is that we are his workmanship. And, and, and the, the beauty of it is there's nothing we can do to get saved, and there's nothing we can do to stay saved. It's completely on him. You guys ever started a project? Oh, come on in here. You guys, come on. I need your help today, all right? You ever started a project and not finished? Okay, that's human nature. We have the best intentions. Guess what? God's not finished with you. The Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're God's project. You're not my project. You're not Pastor Mike and Donna's project. You're not Pastor Eric and Rachel's project. You are God's project, so when you see us coming in here and you're like, oh, they're just going to judge me. No, I'm judging myself. I judge myself, and I am so thankful that God is working on me. If God's working on me and God's working at you, we're going to be cool. You know why? Because we're all getting stretched, and we're all going in the direction. like, You know, it's like my son. Today, he, boy, Jack was on fire today, all right? He's on the stage, and he sees this. He's like, I'm going to go over, and he touches the kid. I'm like, don't do that, Jack. No, no. And he knows no, and he looks at me and goes, No, like he's just a little psycho. I'm like, come on, dude. Come on, please, you know, I'm stressed out here. Kept doing it. Why? He's deciding what he wants to do. We get to decide what we're going to do. But as we allow God to to work in us, it's a good work. It's a work that it's his work. You know, have you ever come into church feeling like, hey, you know, I just don't belong here. I'm not good enough. You're good enough because Jesus died for you. You're good enough because Jesus saw what he was working with and said, guess what? It's worth it. I'm still going. You know, it's not like he was on the cross. He's like, you know, dad, I've been here for 33 years and, you know, I just don't see the win in it. He looked at the cross and embraced the cross. He's not sitting there overwhelmed by your mistakes. He is not overwhelmed by our shortcomings. We are overwhelmed by his grace towards us, his ability, his effort working in us, molding us, and taking us to another level. You know, the Bible, um, that word works, it comes from the Greek word poema. It's where we get poem from. You guys ever read a poem? And when you read a poem, you're literally, and I want you to picture this in your mind, when you're sitting there living out your life and you're doing your life and God's changing you. You literally are like a poem that God's writing for the world to see. And when the world sees you and when it sees this awesome works that God's doing in in you, through you, for you, it literally becomes this, this peculiar thing to where people are drawn to it. People should never be drawn to you. They should be drawn to the work that God's doing in you. We're never here to bring glory to ourselves. And the church was never designed, or we were never created, an institution created by God. We were never designed or created to be uh, gatherers of men unto ourselves. That's the fallen nature. That's the sin nature. Lucifer in heaven's like, hey, you know what? I like people. You're worshiping God. You should worship me. I'm beautiful. I'm this. I'm that. And he rebelled against God. We are designed to draw people through his work in our life. The poema, the poem of our lives. When people look at us, they say, man, that person loves God. Of all things that they can look at and see you, do they see that you're somebody that loves God? You know, a believer, as a believer, um, we're called to do. Believers are never called to watch. Christianity is never designed to be a spectator sport. Christianity is never um, designed for you to have a couple pastors who are doing the work of the ministry. And in a couple hundred years or so, we've literally got this, this false narrative and false perspective that the ministers are the ones doing the ministry. And I'm talking about ministers like you see on TV or you see somebody standing behind here. But that's the farthest thing from the truth. We're equippers for the saints. For the work of the ministry. If you go to Ephesians chapter 4 and 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Some, there's a few of them, for what? The equipping of the saints for the work of the what? Ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, plotting. but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into who? Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joint and knit together, by what every joint supplies, what does it say here? According to the effective working by which every part does its what? Share. You guys can read it with me. Causes what? When every part does its share, what does it cause? Causes growth of the body for the edifying of it, what? Itself in love. The job of the fivefold, they call it the fivefold ministry because you got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip the believers for the work of the ministry so that the believers can do out the ministry of God and they can reach people and they can edify people and they can edify itself and build itself up. You know, can you imagine if everybody in here was doing the work of the ministry? I'm speaking to myself too. One thing as a pastor, you have to realize, hey, I have to do what I preach. I can't just sit there and encourage you guys here and invite people to church. And I don't invite people to church. But church is so much more than coming to a physical building. Church is so much more than being here gathered together. It's you living out your life, living out your ministry that God has for you. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. What does it say right here in verse 12? For the equipping of saints for the work of the ministry for the what? Edifying of the body of Christ till we become a perfect man, till we become mature. Let me ask you this. Do you guys know what that looks like? When I first read this, I had no idea what it looked like. But from studying scripture, and I love to study scripture, this is what it looks like. You might say, Chris, I don't work at the church full time. It's not my full-time job. This isn't my full-time job either. I don't get paid by the church. I'm doing my ministry under the Lord. Let me tell you this. Carpenters, executives, law enforcement, doctors, business owners, college students, at-home wives. That's your ministry. Teachers. That's your ministry. To go into your world. You are a minister of the gospel who happens to believe, happens to be working in your profession. You know, the Bible says that uh, every letter that Paul wrote, he goes, the apostle of Paul. I, the apostle of Paul. Or apostle Paul, apostle of Jesus Christ. Apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, he was a tent maker. But you know, that wasn't his identity. His identity was that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. So whatever he did, he was about the ministry of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus himself was a carpenter? The carpenter Jesus who also, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. The savior of the world, his ministry to the world, Yeah, he was a carpenter. Can you imagine if all of us, Doctors, nurses, all of us together realize we are called to the ministry and we're called into the profession to show people Jesus Christ is first place in my life. You know, a very neat trick that's happened over the last couple hundred years is that believers have been excluded from the work of the ministry. It's become a spectator sport. So many times people when something happens like, oh, I got to talk to a pastor And you should talk to a pastor if you have something going on. And the pastoral staff, we want to be there with you. But the goal is that we equip you to where you know I can pray, that you can pray. And when you pray, hey, when you pray, things are going to happen. Why? Because I've been equipped and empowered for the work of the ministry. It's not a spectator sport. It's never been designed to be a spectator sport. You guys, how many in here follow basketball? Only one person? Two people? Wow, okay. Basketball. (laughs) What is this basket of balls? (laughs) (laughs) What say you, Squire? (laughs) Well, that hurts the illustration. Hopefully people watching online know what basketball is. So they have this thing, this award, it's called the Six Man Award. And what it is, it's a guy that's not a starter, who comes in and gives relief to the starters, and it's the six-man award, He they give an award for how much he helped the team to give the others rest. There's no six-man award in the body of Christ. You're saved, you're equipped, get on the field. Can you imagine what the church would look like as a whole if everybody had the mindset that, hey, I'm... This is my ministry. You're a teacher. This classroom's my ministry. This, these kids are going to see that Jesus Christ is first place in my life. You might say, well, I don't have a job. Okay, get a job. But your ministry is reaching the lost. Your ministry is showing people that Jesus Christ is first place in your life. That's the ministry. That's the secret. It's never designed to be. If you guys count on Pastor Mike and the pastoral staff to do your ministry We're selling the world short. And America has fallen so far behind with leading in evangelism. Do you know that by 2025, 20% of Christians in the world will be from the Western culture? We are completely in the minority, and we used to be on the forefront. Because we've changed. Instead of us being on the forefront like, here, this is my ministry. What's your ministry? I'm setting Jesus first. I'm doing my part. I'm reaching out to people, and God's bringing the increase. We've decided, well, I'll come on Sundays. And that's fine. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. Don't forsake this. We need this. We need each other. It's encouraging to me when I see you guys saying, here, I'm coming here. I'm putting God first today. In my life, I've had some trouble <laughs> recently with losing weight. And a few years ago, I lost weight. I lost like 40. I've lost 44 pounds in four months and four days, and it was like a mission. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. everything. Clicked. I was running on eight cylinders. Everything was awesome. It wasn't easy, but it was manageable. It was just like I got a groove. I'm doing this. And I literally, I just told my wife one day, I'm just like, I'm just going to do this. She's like. Okay, and my wife's amazing. She always supports me, but through self-failure, I know that she's just cheering in faith. Okay, God's got you. I don't got you, but God's got you, you know? She's like, Lord, please let it work for him, you know? We're being real, right? We should be real in church. When you commit to something, there's success in the commitment to the process. And when I was committed to eating more nutritious meals and less calories, a miracle happened. It actually works. You lose weight. I thought it was a myth. I did, but the weight kept coming off. I'm like, this is crazy. And there were several people in the church like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And I was so excited to communicate with people on what I was doing because I was losing weight so easily. I wasn't in the gym for hours a day trying to lose weight. I was making the right decisions. Do you know that we as Christians, when we make the right decisions to put God first, our lives will change. in the poem of our lives that God's writing, people will be drawn to it. And they'll be like, yo, I know that you're going through the same stuff that I go through. How come you come out not smelling like smoke? How come the house can be burning down and you come out and there's no sign of fire? There's no singe mark. There's no smoke smell. You ever been camping? you like, everybody's by the fire. You walk away. You can't smell the smoke, but everybody can tell, hey, you've been next to a fire. Wouldn't it be awesome if everybody at the church that we rose up and we said, hey, this is our ministry, and every time we went out in the world, people would say, hey, they love Jesus. They might be a little weird, but man, they love Jesus, and Jesus shows up for them. Let me tell you this. The world thinks you're weird if you put Jesus first or not. Just how it is. The world's always judging people. The world's always talking about celebrities. Yeah, I think it's so funny. I love reading the celebrities because, like, a year before, this celebrity could be like, oh, they're man's heroes. And then it's like, can you believe this guy? Like, how fast they turn. We need to have thick skin. We need to have confidence in our Savior. You might say, Chris, what were you talking about that weight loss thing? Let me tell you this if you do a low-carb diet, and a low-carb diet not supposed to have that many carbs for a certain amount of time. Now, if you only had low carbs to no carbs one day a week and you were surprised, why am I not losing weight? It doesn't work. Did it not work or did you not work it? If we're just going to church on Sundays, and I'm so thankful that you guys are here. And I'm so thankful for you guys watching. But we're selling ourselves short, and we're selling the world short. We just need to be committed to the process of putting Jesus first. And literally make a mental note. is Does this bring me closer to God or farther away? And some things don't do either. You just have to make a decision. You know, it's nothing it's not like it's pulling me away from God, but be mindful. Does this track well with going closer to God or does it not track with going closer to God? That's the key. How do we reach the world? We reach the world by putting Jesus first. It's so, I, I love being authentic with you. My, I have a very good relationship with Pastor Eric. We're best friends. He knows stuff about me that nobody else knows. I know stuff about him nobody else knows. And we're not reading each other's mail today, so <laughs> nice try. Okay, no, just kidding. Um, but the relationship that we have, I have a completely different background than Pastor Eric, and vice versa. Pastor Eric being drawn to me now was not me trying to reach Pastor Eric before he was Pastor Eric. I don't glory in my life outside of Christ. I glory of my life in Christ We see that in each other, and that's what sparks this godly friendship and relationship that we hold each other accountable to go to the next level. You can't go trying to reach somebody for Jesus, trying to be like the world. Here, I'm going to be just like you, but you need this guy, Jesus. That's like going to a Ford dealer and the, the guy at the Ford dealer trying to sell you a Chevy while he's trying to sell you a Chevy, he's telling you how much better a Ford is. It doesn't make sense. Our witness is not going to be effective if we're sitting there trying to glorify our life outside of Christ, trying to connect to people. And I remember in, uh, I was at a minister's conference one time, and me and uh, a couple ministers were talking, and they always put such an emphasis on people that had terrible, terrible lives outside of Christ. And I told him, I, I, I said, you got to be careful with that. And they're like, what do you mean you got to be careful with that? Like this is a greater testimony to God. I was like, it's a great testimony to God, but you're, you're, you're glorifying the life outside of God to get people to come close to God. And if that was the case, then Jesus Christ himself, who knew no sin, if that's the logic we're using, that means he would have to become the best of sinners to reach most sinners but Jesus didn't have to come he didn't come preaching the world's message he came preaching his what his father's message we come preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified we're preaching a different way we're preaching a different lifestyle and I'm not saying all oh, you guys are going to come up here and you're going to have a 30-40 a, a minute message I'm saying that you guys are living a life, your poema, your poem, that God, that they can clearly see that Jesus Christ is first place in your life. And when people can clearly see that Jesus Christ is first place in your life, that's what draws them. Pastor Eric and my relationship, is, is, we, we're drawn closer to each other through the accountability that we have in our relationship with Christ. We're we're not glorifying who we used to be outside of Christ. We're not glorifying, and so many Christians we we kind of well, we we don't really know, or we're not as confident as we think we should be in the things of Christ. So we try to reach people, and when we're trying to reach them, we're trying to do this double thing, and we can't do it. You guys getting this? Feel like? I'm stretched out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If I have to go to reach somebody, but I have to become like them to reach them, there's no weight to the words that I'm saying. Jesus really didn't change me enough to show you. It's it's a scam. But if I truly am living my life day by day, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. Far from it. But when people can clearly see what's first place in your life, hey, Chris loves God. He puts Jesus first. All the time? No. I'm not up here perfect at all. Neither are you. That's why we get along so well. (laughs) We're getting perfected in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing that's happened to me and my wife is that we can see Christ in each other. That we do things for each other, not because the other one wants us to, but we take it so seriously that I'm to love my wife as Christ loves the church and to give Himself for her. And she takes it so seriously that she's going to submit to me as being the head of the house, even if she doesn't agree. She's not sitting there like, and let me tell you some garbage. We're just talking scripture here. I'm on a little rabbit trail, but I'll get back. Pastor Mike will be back next week. (laughs) My wife is not the neck that turns the head any which way she wants. My wife honors me and respects me and submits to my final say as unto the Lord. Even when I'm wrong. And I can see her love for God when she's doing that. And it ministers to me. And it helps me to be a better husband to her. Me and my wife did a new thing right before Christmas. I went shopping with her. Oh, I know. It was crazy. I hate shopping. I love my wife so much. We went shopping, and I had a blast. Why? Because I love my wife. I cherish her. When you start doing what the scripture says to do, and I realized, hey, there's something that really ministers to my wife, that not ministers to, but really like meets her needs. Blesses, yeah. She's like, it blesses me. Yeah, I got a big amen from her in the back. You better do it next year, boy. (laughs) She's already prayed and fasted. (laughs) I did that for her. I just didn't do it for her. I did it for us. Are things rocky? No, they're great. They're better than they've ever been. Do we have fights still? Absolutely. Where you we don't live in this? Here, come on down, babe. Come on, I, I need you. Oh man, no, shouldn't have amen that loud. Now you're on my radar. <laughs> I know the, the game you guys are playing. Some of you guys are like, amen. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to see. Uh, you don't want me seeing you amen me. <laughs> it's like I might do this. Yeah, come on. This is my dream girl. Yes. Thank you. Two claps, that's lame. That's lame. But let me tell you something. I don't need your claps to know I got a good thing. I want you guys to know something. I love her. I'd give my life for her. I know she'd give her life for me. Do we have marvelous opportunities to disagree and not do it God's way? Oh, absolutely. And I've shared this before. Remember we were in a fight a couple years ago? Yeah. She knows what this is. We're in this fight in the car, and I was obviously right, and she was – no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So she was mad at me. I was mad at her. And we live in Boca. So we were actually – I think we were coming from church. It was like right after we gave God our hearts. We were like, yes, thank you, Lord. You're so mighty. Pray after. And then she did something, and I did something. It was just like this – it was in the day. I think it was after church. It was daytime. Oh, uh, yeah, the kids weren't in the car. The kids are never there. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and we live in Boca, so it's like a 20-minute drive, and she's not talking to me. She's looking out the window, and I'm like, oh, she's, Lord, just open her eyes. Like, I'm literally, like, praying. I was like, God, just help her be better and understand it. I'm 100% serious. <laughs> so I'm sitting there driving the car, and all of a sudden, I know I need to get gas. So I go to get gas. I pull in, and just on the inside, I just had this just check in my spirit, just like, make light of it. Like, I'm not going to make light of this. You know what she did to me? She disrespected me. You know, how dare her disrespect me like that? Just being real, right? We're the only ones that get (laughs) in Apparently, me and you need this message. (laughs) So we're in the car, and I said, listen. And I said it because I was mad, but I decided I'm going to have fun. I said, on the count of three, that's your window, and this is mine. One, two, three. And I went like this, and I just literally gave her my back. And she just like, and she just starts laughing like this. It was awesome. We have no idea to this day what we're fighting over. And the, the anger that I felt, I was ready to go to war. I'm like, "Bat down the hatches. Where's going? Where are you? This is... Chris is, yeah, it's not Sparta. This is Chris Dabinkie's house. It's his way, you know, like I'm, I'm ready. Do you know what we remember that's a laughable moment that we're willing to share with everybody? We made it work. I, to this day, have no idea. I was so ready to burn down, you know, I was batting them down. Let's send the fire arrows. She was mad too. She's good at being mad. She's glorious at it. I am too. I mean we picked we're compatible, you know. We go to spar. We could spar. Not physically. I don't know, she could probably take me though. She's got some legs, man. She's like waah <laughs> you, know? uh, you should always be authentic with the people that you're you're committing to grow in Christ with. I just want people to know that you're my girl. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this true story. She really is my girl. How's Paul authentic? Well, that was quite a rabbit trail. Surprised we got back on. Missed the exit, had to turn around and get back on. How do we minister? We don't bring up who we are outside of Christ. We show people who we are in Christ. It's all that matters. Me sitting there to my wife, making light of it, I to this day, and I'll probably never know till I go to heaven and ask God if he has like a, you know, a, a TiVo or something. You know, he can re- rewind it and show me. I have no idea what we we're arguing about. But I remember how mad I was. I remember being so upset at her. But I remember this on the inside. Make light of it. And we laughed so hard that day in the car. I think we got people mad at us because, you know, I'm usually the guy that's like, you go to the gas station, you get there, you get your gas, you leave. This is more important. But we made light of it. How do you reach your friends? You show them who Jesus is to you. We don't have the authority or the right to have friends that were not leading to Jesus. We should always be leading. You might say, and I'm not saying preach at people. I'm not saying that every time people see you, you're preaching a message to them. I've met those people. I'm like, whoa, please stay away. I'm a pastor, and I'm like avoiding those people. Where you say, how are you doing? Oh, we're blessed beyond measuring this and that. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you're one of those guys. Just tell me how you're doing. And then like six months, a year later, two years later, they're burned out of church, never go to church again. Oh, church is fake. No, church isn't fake. You were fake. You kept saying how awesome you were doing. You're not doing awesome. Be real. Be authentic. If you're having a bad day, let somebody know, I'm having a bad day. Don't lash out. I'm like, rah, you know, I'm going <laughs> to attack you. But be authentic. Hey, I'm struggling with this. I have questions. I have a hard time believing what the Bible says in this area. Be authentic. We're not afraid of some questions. Do you think God's afraid of some questions? How can you be authentic? Be genuine to who you are. I showed you guys, me and my wife, I love my wife. I have the best relationship with my wife. She's my best friend. But we have marvelous opportunity to not do it God's way. But the poem, the poem, the poema of our marriage, of our lives, is God's doing a great work in us. Far above what we could ask or think. Why? Because he's leading us. We're submitting to his way. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Is it easy for me to put down? Let me tell you what my favorite thing is. Them Christmas tree cakes. You ever seen those, the Little Debbies? Those are fire. I'm just being honest. Like, I see those things, and I'm like, you ever see Finding Nemo, the shark? Like, fish our friend. I'm that shark. I'm Bruce. I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm like... I'm not going to eat them cupcakes. I'm not going to eat them cupcakes. And I see that Christmas tree, and I'm just like, mmm, having Christmas tree cakes tonight. When we see, I'm just being authentic with you. We have real struggles. But when we put God first, that's what brings the increase. When we show people that through life situations, we're putting him first, people can see, wow, you know, Chris loves them. Christmas tree cakes, but let me tell you something. By God's grace, I haven't had one this year. Thank God. Publix is so bummed. Because <laughs> I'm not buying them all, but I guess it's not as funny when you got to explain it, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. There we go. We got it. I want to close with this. excuses are great for the moment but they hold no weight for tomorrow so many people die alone because the relationships they should have been cultivating with their children and family never happen because of excuses how are you and your excuses going to hold up with the Lord and Savior none of us are getting out of here alive it's promised to us that we will all die that we will all meet our maker. When we go to heaven and God's sitting there and Jesus says, what did you do with your ministry? What are you going to say? You're going to say, listen, I worked nine to five. I had this, I had that, I had this, I had that. I was too busy to do your ministry. Thank God Jesus wasn't too busy to come from heaven to die on the cross for us. You make time for what's important. I don't want to leave you bruised and tattered, but I do want you to think soberly about the message today. You are called, every one of you, to the ministry. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're called to be a light in a dark world. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three men in the Old Testament who were slaves from war, ended up being three highly esteemed rulers, never bowed down, always bowed to their God. And in doing that, they caught serious persecution and people wanted to murder them. And God showed up mighty in their life. Joseph never bowed down to Egypt's gods. He never bowed down. He became the number two guy in all of Egypt. He was number, um, number one. He was second only to Pharaoh the authority that was given to him because he never bowed down. He had marvelous opportunity to. was thrown in jail, felt forsaken. His family just neglected him, sold him into slavery. I want you to know we all have marvelous opportunity to not do what God doesn't want us or what the God wants us to do. But let 2022 be a year of moving forward. No matter what, we're just going to continue to move forward. I'm not telling you guys, oh, sell your possessions and give it all to the poor and move to India and Myanmar. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying where God has you right now, be a light to the world. A light cannot be seen if it's turned off. Let people know that you put God first. Let people know that you are here. Because Jesus saved you, unapologetically, unashamed. You're gonna, am I saying be weird? Am I saying get a, a, a soapbox and stand on the street? Listen, if that's your ministry and God called you to do it, he's going to anoint you. If I did that, nobody would come. I'm not anointed to do that. But I am anointed to be genuine, and I can. I know no strangers. Yes, my wife. We went to Benihana the other day, out with some friends. And we were leaving, and somebody said, oh, your baby's cute. And I said, oh, your baby's cute. And all the friends walk out, and I start talking to this guy and his wife for how long? Like five minutes? Maybe or maybe 10 minutes, not 15 minutes. Come on. We're in church here, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, it was a while. So I'm sitting there talking to him, and my wife comes in. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know my husband knew you. And the guy's like, oh, we don't know each other. We just met. But I got their number, and we're going to hang out sometime. You know why? I'm letting my light shine. Was I bringing Jesus up in that moment? No. But they knew there was something different about me. We were at a party the other night, my wife and I, talking to some guy. It's Like, this reminds me of high school. This guy was drinking, you know, and I'm I'm not judging, I'm not saying that. Me and my wife, we don't drink. But we're going to parties. We're not sitting there like, oh, we're not gonna work, we're super spiritual. We have No, we're going. We're hanging out. The guy's sitting there, the the drink in his hand, he's like, oh man, he's like, this reminds me of high school. And we start talking. He's like, man, we should hang out. I want to go on a double. I just met him that night. Remember, babe? You know why? I'm just putting Jesus first, man. Like, Jesus, I'm gonna put you first. Bring me to the people that you think I can. Plant some seed or water some seed, but you bring the increase. So sometimes I'm in the hardware store, I'll be right there just getting my stuff, and other times I'll see somebody and I just get this feeling, this unction, hey, talk to that person. I don't try to impress them with what I know. I impress them with my kindness. You know how we draw people across? The love of God. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart, and I hope that 2022 is a year you just commit to moving forward you just move forward we're going to pray and then we're going to um do the announcements we're also going to take communion you guys ready let's bow our heads and close our eyes father god in the name of jesus i just thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. i thank you for everything you've done in my life i truly know that my life is forever changed and i see the fruit from knowing your son jesus the savior If there's anybody in here today or watching online and you don't really know Jesus how I've described him to you, he's not truly your Savior and you want to make sure that today you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord. I'm going to invite you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down here. I'm not going to ask you 20 questions. But if there's anybody in here that you want to make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you want to put that foot forward, that step forward, I want you to raise your hand. Awesome. We're going to say this together because there's several people that have been watching online. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saved. So right now, let's say this together as a church family. We believe Jesus Christ is Lord. That's it. That's how simple it is to get saved. Let's raise our, raise our hands, raise our eyes, and just thank God. Father God, we thank you for people in our lives that we can bring them closer to Jesus. Amen. And if you got saved, come on, round of applause. That's what we're about here. So, what we're going to do now, we're going to take up communion. You guys ready for that? Woo. Woo! Communion is awesome, it's neglected several times, and it's so sad. But literally communion is literally reminding yourself of what Jesus did on the cross. That by his stripes, the, 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 the beating of his flesh, that you were, were healed. And that by his blood, his blood poured out for us, we are made righteous. That there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. So I just encourage you guys right now, does everybody have your uh, communion? I don't have my communion. Sean, can you bring me some? Thank you, sir. 1 Corinthians 11.23 says, says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At this time, I encourage you. Think about what Jesus saved you from. That his flesh was broken for you. And if you're standing for healing, know that you are made right by Jesus' life and death. So we'll just take this moment right now. And everybody has a moment with God. And I'm going to eat. You can eat. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's remember that he died for us until he comes. Let's take this time to truly think about and reflect what he's done for us. For we were all either dead and now we've been made alive. Amen. God's so good. All the time He's good. I'm so thankful that you guys came. I'm so thankful that we're starting the year off right. At this time, we're gonna take the tithes and offerings. While we're getting ready to take the tithes and offerings, there's several different ways you can do it. I personally do it text-a-gift. It's so, like, just comes out, it's like clockwork. That's my way. We have a bucket in the back. We have the uh, square thing in there. There's several different ways. And here's the thing. Sean is not going to stand there and look at you and be like, oh, you better give. You give out of where you are. That's all it is. There's no pressure here. The church was here before you got here. It'll be here after we all leave. Amen? Because we're built on Jesus Christ. If you feel called to the church to where it's your home church, support it. It's family. If you don't, it's okay. (laughs) Ooh, my wife's coming up here. What did I say? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, So I'm going to say a general prayer. You guys say a specific prayer. Before that, we're going to do the announcements. And one more thing. Here is the announcement. Are you ready? This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.